Jane Adventures Everything seems so right my baby girl my Sarah Jane Adventures Of the share slash listen slash subscribe slash download button thanks I'm not pleased to have to say this but much like Michael Caine someone has been locked in an attic and it's up to us to talk about it to let them free um, you may say that Michael Caine was not locked in an attic. He says he wasn't. I don't believe him. I think that's fake news. I think it's a false flag. Michael Caine, you were locked in an attic. Don't lie. We all know you, you like cars too. But let's be real. You were locked in an attic. And it was much like the balloon boy, a nation's shame. But now we know the truth. Hello and welcome. To Sarah and Cast Ventures, episode series three, episode two, the Mad Woman, the Mad Woman in the attic, in the attic, boom, boom, boom. Um, how are you? How are you feeling? Um, I want you to go first. I want you to go first. Well, I'll have to go through everything first before I can. I can okay. give me because I am a robot. Um. So, how do you feel about the twenty second to twenty third of October two thousand nine? What's your I vibe? Don't know. Well, my vibe is that that's when these episodes were broadcast. Um, it was written by Joseph Lidster, who did like you know we we spoke about Joseph Lidster before, um, and written by Alice Trevon, who we spoke about before as well. Um, the gist of this one: in the year two thousand fifty nine, Rani. Mm-hmm. Now old and known as a mad woman of Bannerman Road, tells a child from across the road about how she felt ridiculed by her friends one day and went to investigate mysterious circumstances that she had been alerted to by her friend Sam um, back in a theme park in her hometown. It turns out to be a sort of trap for Rani uh, with an old man named Harry who is, uh, side note, uh, Mr. Elizabeth Sladen in real life. Uh, and side note... What? Yeah, he's also, you know, um, the scene in Deep Breath when Capali's like, who frowned me this face? And there's like an old man, like an old tramp. That's also him. Um, uh, anyway, Harry's waiting for her there and she, he traps her in this room with a red alien named Eve who has mind control some homeless boys and theme park rides, basically. Uh, a face in the mirror who is revealed to be the AI from Eve's ship called Ship. And I must say here now, every time they said the word ship, I thought they were saying shit for like two seconds, and I, I, I found it very amusing. Um, ship shows Randy, Luke, and Sarah Jane basically a vision of their past and their futures. 
And in Sarah Jane's future, she sees the TARDIS arrive and a certain spiky-haired gentleman open the door. Um, I'm sure that won't happen in an episode. Um, the AI, again known as Ship, eventually explains to Sarah Jane that Eve is a young alien. Um, she's basically like escaped to Earth from a time of hardship, and she can't control her powers. Um, and they they kind of eventually learn that, that the ship needed Rani to get Sarah Jane to her because she knows Sarah Jane's experience with black holes, which there are powers the ship. Uh, and now, if you think back, there's a certain character minding all the black holes. So Sarah calls in K9, who has been guarding a black hole because Bob Baker wouldn't let them use K9. Anyway, K9 comes in from, from guarding the black hole, and the black hole is absorbed into the ship to power it again. Harry and Sam, the old man, the friend, decide to travel with Eve. But Ship, see, Ship remembers that Rani said she wishes that uh, Sarah, Clyde, and Luke would leave her alone. So Ship grants her wish and erases the, the gang from existence, leading Rani to becoming a mad old woman in an attic. Uh, the kid that Rani's been talking to the whole time turns out to be Sam and Eve's son. <laughs> Uh, who uses time travel to, or something, I don't fucking know what he does, to reverse the <laughs> mistake made with shit. And Rani regains her friends, and also K9, who was not the same K9 we will see later on. He's just a new guy. Um, and then later in life, she actually moves into Bannerman Road, but she's not mad. She she lives in the, the attic, which is, it's like a normal attic now. And she tells her son about visiting Maria in Washington with Luke. Can I just ask, it, what... Like, <laughs> Hearing think, you describe it just yeah. kind of nailed how the whole Mad Woman stuff is absolutely thrown in and yeah. has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it I, is I, so thrown in. It mm-hmm. is. So, it's like they literally <laughs> they spend the whole episode like I'm a Mad Woman, and then you get to the end of the first episode and you're gonna imagine that oh this is how it relates to her being a bad woman. No, not yet. And then at the end it's like oh remember that one thing you mentioned <laughs> randomly? Yeah, that's why you're the Mad Woman. Mm-hmm. And then she's like no. <laughs> Yeah, and he's the, like, I'm sorry, mad woman now. The thing about the mad <laughs> And then they immediately undo it. The next, yeah. Sorry, they immediately undo it the next <laughs> scene. It's like, why? It does feel like two different episodes uh, cobbled together. The, the thing about that is, why does ship have the power to alter reality to such an incredible degree? And why is that like a thing that happens? And how does a kid travel back in time at the end? The kid, by the way, who looks exactly like Luke to the point where I was like, is this just like a weird like recast for this week of Luke? Um, that was a good point. It does look yeah. exactly like Luke. Yeah, he's he's famous now. Oh, Greg Sulkin, he's doing something. I don't know what it, what it is, but he's doing something. He's he's doing something. Um like I I okay, I understand like the impetus for this episode. Like I get what Rani's doing. It's very Piglet's big movie. It's like the exact same plot as Piglet's big movie where like Piglet that gets so Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and Kanga and Rue and the Rabbit um, all like ignoring what he's doing so he sets off on his own adventure obviously and they all were like oh no we've let we've let Piglet down so I understand like the premise I understand the impetus because like when you're a kid when you're a teenager like that you're like really you know one bad day kind of sets you off and you get really sulky and like you get really dramatic, you know, and obviously to be ridiculed the way she perceives me, she's been ridiculed. Obviously, I understand how that make it be like, you know, fine, I'm fucking off. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Um, like I get all that. As you said, I do not understand 
at like any point why the mad woman the attic is a thing in this episode because it's uh, it does it, it i think yeah. my theory is that was another episode idea and they just like put the two of them together like in the hopes it will work I mean, I'm reading here something amazing that um, just kind of changes my image of this entire episode. In early drafts of the plot, Eve had been kidnapped by Mark Grantham from Warriors of the <laughs> oh, Kodak. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. that, that that's something that mentioned that, that, that this would have been Grantham's grand return to Doctor Who. And it's very it's very sad that we, we didn't get Grantham come back. We get, we get a glimpse of Odd Bob briefly, but we don't get any Grantham action. We get a um, glimpse of uh, freaking uh, Tom Baker and oh yeah, John, and John Pertwee. Yeah. John Pertwee taking a break from his cringe compilations to make an it appearance, is. and also, as I said, we get a glimpse of David Tennant showing up um, in a future episode. I think it's I I it is really just like so superfluous everything to have this Mad Woman stuff. Like I understand that like. Like I think it's much easier to have it be like you know about friendship because you know Sam, her friend, has a point that like you know she's left Sam behind, not by like you know any vindictive thing. She's all like he has left, and she's constantly telling him about all these adventures she's having while he's you know stuck in this home with no one to talk to. I understand mm-hmm. how that wouldn't like drive you crazy because like you know. You feel left out, but on like all fronts, you can even just lead into that idea and this idea of friendship because obviously the use of love, friendship as well. You don't really need to have like this whole uh, crazy old woman plot that like gets resolved very quickly and barely even features as a framing device either. Because like most of the episode is just the episode; it's not like the the framing device. Do you think Rani bought the house as well? Like, surely she bought the house if she's yeah. But like, who, will be, who will be living there? If Sarah Jane didn't exist anymore, as well, I don't know. It makes no sense. It's so it's so uninteresting that they immediately wipe it away. I mean, listen. Let me tell you. Let me read you this. <clears throat> so originally, the writer of this episode, Joseph Lister, saw this as an opportunity to reflect on the consequences of Sarah Jane's actions. So the narrative was tied to the events of whatever happened to Sarah Jane. Which the media, with the media which had been deflected during climatic moments, now revealed to have caused an alien girl, girl to crash land on Earth. She was captured by slimy businessman Mark Grantham from Wars of the Kudlak, rest in peace, who now ran the Galaxy World Park with his assistant Mrs. Brown. Randy traveled to Galaxy World with two classmates, Steve Wallace and Jacob, who had respectively appeared in Day of the Clown and Mark of the Berserker. Grantham wanted to take advantage of the girl's prophetic abilities, but it would transpire that Mrs. Brown was actually her mother and was trying to nurture her destructive powers for the benefit of an alien army. And what you're thinking, wow, I'm glad they quickly <laughs> ignored all that and went into the plot we have today. But wait, there's more. As work continued, Grantham, Mrs. Brown, and Steve were all dropped from the storyline. It would now be explained that Jacob had been relocated to a children's home in Dane Muth following the events of the Mark of the Berserker, and he summoned Ronnie to help with the investigate the string, dis- string of disappearances. At the start of December, a new villain was added in the form of a man who claimed to be the master, the Doctor's Time Lord <laughs> Arch Nemesis. He was apparently planning to use Eve as the first soldier in a time-sensitive army, while punishing the Doctor by torturing Sarah Jane and her friends. However, it would ultimately be revealed that this was not the master, but rather a man whom Eve had brainwashed into believing himself to be the master in order to lure the Bannerman Road gang to the theme park, now known as Future World. What? 
Hold on, it's not over. It's not over. <laughs> so eventually they removed this master from the plot line, and then what happened is that it was turned out that um, David Tennant would record his episode much earlier, so mm-hmm. this episode had to be brought forward. And so they had to drop Jacob, introduce the character of Sam, and then the writer was also asked to minimize Luke's participation in the story since the actor would be heavily involved with his GCSE exams during production. But yeah, yeah. that's that's it. It kind of explain mm-hmm. explains why everything was this this way. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I, I'm like I like I I think the stuff that is like just in the episode I think is fine. Um, I do. Uh, the whole thing with Harry, um, I like that it kind of it makes you think that it's one of those typical things that Doctor Who does a lot, which is like it gets like a very soft-spoken old man to like be brainwashed by an alien. Like you have like Magpie, mm-hmm. you have um the guy in uh, Day of the Moon where he's like, I'm just a kindly old caretaker of a of a little boarding house. Let's go upstairs. No. I wrote Get Out in Blood on the wall. Oh, isn't, isn't that a shame? Like, you get all these characters throughout like, Doctor Who, of these old men but, who are just, like, being, and then like, it but in this over, case... It, in this case, he's actually in the, the, the entire time. He's just, he's just, he's just Harry in his little coat, and he's, he's saying, I, I think Eve needs to be inside because these, these actors who are playing the homeless people... They're 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 they're, big, they're very strange when they're on the, the rides. It looks kind of how many times do you, do you think they had to record those poor people in those rides? <laughs> the the one on the train who's like just completely like fucking leaning against the window was probably like sorted, and the one in the America round just has to sit down. The guy in like the the big revolving thing, I'm, I'm sure, was probably like close to throwing up at the end if they had to do multiple takes. Absolutely, no, just one more. Like, please God, no, <laughs> no, no end my please. suffering. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I just, I, I just kind of. But yeah. the problem is that, like, because this is just a, like a, oh, everyone is actually nice, and there was no villain at the end of the story. Uh, it kind of makes the whole like plot with the Mad Woman and Sarah and Ronnie's wish feel weird. Like, if she had the power to not grant the wish, why did she grant the wish? It's such uh, a weird thing. It's a, it's a weird. Like, why did ship do it if? Yes, ship is not evil. Ship loves chaos. Ship loves loves stirring the pot. Um, ships, I just wanted to prank yeah, you. Yeah, ship ships like such a punked and you're pranked, Ronnie. And Ashton Kutcher didn't no because Ashton Kutcher isn't host punked anymore. Um, whoever hosted punked last time does it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's there's a lot of weird stuff. Um, I like Maria is in Washington uh, doing false flags against the the FBI to hide <laughs> aliens. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> they were just like, oh yeah, by the way, Maria is in Washington uh, hiding aliens from from the government, and they move fast like straight away. It's like, what the fuck's going on there? Like that's that's the big finish box that you need is like Maria in Washington with Alan. And like they're they're trying to save aliens from like they're because they even go like he's the new Sarah Jane and it's like like calm down guys. Um, the other thing as well is uh, the drawing that Clyde does of Sarah Jane, where it's like quite clearly like photoshopped, uh, like picture of Liz Layden with like a like a, a pencil sketch filter put over it because like that's clearly not like an actual drawing. Um, 
I don't know. There's a there's a big thing we're not talking about, which I think we should talk about. Go. Is that K9 is back. K9 um, is back. K9. I'm back. I'm it is not over cuz I am back. Um he he um he comes back at the end they they take a photograph and they say cheese and he says fermented curds. Um because he's he's a little joker, he's a little prankster. Um as I said before, it's very interesting that K9 that this mark of K9 is allowed back in Doctor Who of the week. Another mark of K9 is leading his own show set in the same part of England, even though it's in Australia. Um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, Rani like Zac Efron. Um, yeah, which yeah. I get it. Yeah, I think Rani's gonna go see the White Claw. Oh, not the White Claw, the Iron Claw. The White Claw is, is the drink. Um, is she gonna see see that new movie, Iron Claw, with uh with Jeremy Allen White, future? Uh, best supporting actor nominee, Jeremy Allen White for the Iron Claw. Um, I think she will. I think she. Do you think Randy went to see the Beach Bum? I think Randy went to see uh, the the great beer, the greatest beer run ever, whatever it's fucking called. Um, I think she did. Now, did uh, Randy uh, recognize the the? <laughs> okay, so twenty fifty nine. So this. This takes place in what, like, twenty two thousand and because Doctor Who time is so like, yeah, fucked up that like it's simultaneously like a year ahead of transmission, but also like maybe three years ahead of transmission, but also like behind transmission. So twenty fifty nine, Eve and Sam's kid shows up, and he's like what, like fourteen. Hmm. So they're like, you know, the way like Al Pacino was like 70. He has like a five-year-old kid. Is it like one of those situations where like they just have like kids like really, really late in life? Because like Granny's like 80, 80 something in the attic. It's very, it's yes. very strange. Um, Go on. No, that's my whole yeah, point. It's that makes total weird. sense to me. That makes yeah. total sense to me. Yeah. She just became old. Mm-hmm. That was part of her wish. She's old. And... um She's in the attic and she's mad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just find like the the latter half of this to be really weak and meandering and kind of nothing compared to like the first half. Um, I do like that. Like the resolution is that they all go off in the spaceship together and they they have fun in uh in space. Um, but otherwise, it's just like you know. It just feels like, as you pointed out, it feels like the the casualty of rescheduling and like production problems. I wouldn't say problems, but like production, you know, jiggery pokery kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't really have anything else to say, really, um, beyond question again why why ship can change reality. Is that's a very yeah. powerful, very very powerful well, AI. The ship can change reality because K9 can change reality and mm. K9 granted those gifts mm. to the ship. That's my answer. Mm. Ship K9. Ship K9. Um, I, I ship K9 with next week. Hello, Pod Tour who cast robot here. David made another mistake and thought it was K9 regeneration next week, but it isn't it's Sarah Jane again, then it's K9, so I am going to say it this time and then we'll see about the rest of the audio.
Okay then here we go. Next time. Like yesterday, she was in pigtails. Oh, Sarah looks so happy. It's just like a fairy tale. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm the Superintendent Registrar. We are here today to witness the marriage of Sarah Jane Smith and Peter Anthony Dalton. In each other's company, they have found happiness, fulfillment and love, and they wish to affirm their relationship with this marriage. Now, I have to ask this question. If any person can show just cause or impediment why they may not be joined together, let them speak now. Stop this wedding now! What? What's going on? Who the hell is that? I can't believe it. Who's he? Master! I said stop this wedding. A wedding involving someone very special. That's right, Nigel Havers, um, and also David Tennant. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's about it. Um, unless you have anything else you want to add about Ship or Harry or um, or Sam or uh, K Nine or um, Eve or um, Zac Efron or um, 
Maria in Washington or um I don't know. Come on, you can think Chan- of someone. Channing Tatum. Great. That's yeah. great. 2009? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2009. Yeah. All right. See ya. Bye.